Hey everybody, today we have Andrew Case with us, founder and CEO of Stacklingo. They just give cashbacks and free goodies to any e-commerce store in the world. Correct me if I'm wrong, any e-commerce store or, or the e-commerce store who use Shopify as backbone? Yeah, so we're, we're focusing on Shopify um, and Got it. and the community within Shopify. And then we, we offer discounts and cashback on essentially everything that you would buy or purchase um, to build out your Shopify store. Perfect. Andrew, welcome to Mailman Podcast. To start with, in a couple of minutes, just tell us who are you as a person? Yeah, so my name is Andrew Case. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, New York, which is amazing even during quarantine it's been uh it's been a really really great place to say um and I, I started this company called stack lingo after doing consulting for a few years and the the basic idea was to to take the the honey and racket and model of cashback and discounts and apply it to business so b2b payments um so we've been building out the platform for the past few months and we've had incredible partnerships and incredible different different offers on everything a company would use and to build out a, an e-commerce store and we, we started with e-commerce because e-commerce is just exploding especially during the pandemic we saw the rise with with everything um, going going virtual going e-commerce and uh, we wanted to, to ride that wave and it's been an, a fantastic journey so far and we have tons and tons and tons of users and we're going to be building out even more more different types of helpful tools over 2021 to to help companies in the e-commerce space scale so i'm really excited about that fantastic andrew uh, i'm curious wh- why is the name stacklingo i mean when i heard the name stacklingo i thought it is something similar to duolingo like something related to languages uh, <laughs> what's the story of the name so it's funny it, it has a lot of reference to duolingo I was an avid, and I still am. I, I love Duolingo, and during the during the quarantine, when when this was essentially created, or when I started working on Stacklingo, mm-hmm. I was searching for a name, and I was doing Duolingo all the time. So I had this okay. like, I think I got it up to like four hundred days straight of Portuguese, okay. and okay. Um, I was looking for a name, and I'm sure that you you had this experience too, where you're just putting together a spreadsheet of all the different name combinations. And one of the words that I wanted was stack, you know, like what's in your tech stack and how do you build that out? And then I was trying all these different combinations and I was like, Oh, lingo, lingo in the sense of like, you know, the, the different types of words or, or, um, you know, like the, the phrasing within it. So I just combined both of those two. They had the .com behind it. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. Cause I can get the Instagram. I can get the Twitter. I can get the website. Like this is a sign that I, I need to, to use this name. And then, yeah, it, it, it just stuck. Oh, fantastic. I mean, yes, uh, it, 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 it sticks. Uh, once you get to know the product uh, after the name. So Andrew, uh, right now, you you said you have been building Stacklingo for a few months. So when did you start building Stacklingo? Well, I was doing consulting work for a while during during the the build of it. So you know, it was on and off as we were working with developers to to build it out. But we started working on it in like the the May timeframe. And at first, okay. as I'm sure you you get this as well when you're building Mailman, it's like you're just trying to figure out the the use case you're trying to fill out the yes. find out the problems and that took that took some time 
that took a lot of time. Um, so we were, we were doing customer interviews. We were figuring out how we were going to, to build out Stack Lingo. We were trying to get the partnerships. And I'll be honest, in, in the beginning days, it was, it was quite tough. You know, you have all this different advice that you read on Twitter or you read on these articles that are like, you need to build out a community first, or you need to, you know, just get your MVP out as, as soon as possible. And there's all these different types of conflicting ideas that we're, we're um, seeing. And, you know, now if I was to, to go back and do it again, I would immediately start with talking with customers. I would bake everything on the back end um, and just try and get as many signups, like early signups as possible and build with that initial cohort. But before, you know, I was, I wasn't building in public or I, I wasn't building with users. I was just building, you know, by myself. And that, that was really tough. And that was a, a mistake I made. But now knowing that we're, we're starting to build with customers, we're starting to find out, you know, what are the painful problems that we can solve within it? And it's been a, a total, total game change. Fantastic. Fantastic, Andrew. I was going through LinkedIn and I see you had a very, very vibrant career. You were at Zenefits uh, uh, and then you uh, took a sabbatical for six months. You just traveled around the world. You came back and then you eventually started a company. So could you give us a glimpse of your entire career? Um, when did it start? How, how was it? And what really happened? Yeah. So I graduated from college and I took some time to really figure out what it is that I wanted to do. Interestingly enough, when I when I was doing that, I, I started a blog and the blog was called Before It All Changed. And I was like, you know, okay. 22 years old and I was really trying to find my path in life. And one of the blog posts that I did, um, I asked all these different people that I followed what advice they would have to, you know, their, themselves in their 20s. And I reached out to James Clear. I reached out to um, Chris Gilbo. I reached out to a few others. And one of the guys I reached out to was Derek Sivers. And I really, really admired Derek Sivers. And he uh, he had this company called CD Baby that he sold. And he's been on Tim Ferriss and all these different types of podcasts and blogs that I really admire. Um, so one thing that he told me within that is he said, move to the city where all of your heroes are. You know, don't go to the, the second or third, go to the number one city. So if it's fashion, you know, New York, if it's entertainment, LA, and if it's tech, go to San Francisco, because those people that you read about in blogs or listen to on podcasts, they're going to be your neighbors. And there's going to be opportunities to um, commingle with them and be with them side by side. So after I got that piece of advice, I bought a one-way ticket to, to California and to San Francisco. And I got there, didn't have that much money, but I got on LinkedIn immediately. When I arrived, I was in a coffee shop and I literally hit up every single person I could possibly find that was in San Francisco. And I, I just started interviewing and I was sleeping which on was this? couches. Which, which this was in was 2014, this? at the beginning of 2014. Okay. Okay. And within three weeks of landing in San Francisco, I had a job at Zenefits. And at the time, Zenefits was, uh, you know, a, a small startup. We were in like a really, really small office. We were around 50 employees. And um, it was a really exciting time because you know, we were kind of like the, the Silicon Valley darling or we we're about to become the Silicon Valley darling. And Zenefits had this meteoric rise. So when I started, there was like 50 employees. Within a year, we were at like a thousand employees. And wow. it was this rocket ship growth that, you know, 
we, at one point we were valued at four and a half billion dollars. And for a kid just coming out of college, 23 years old, it, it was incredible. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. And then, you know, of course, we are this rocket ship growth that came back down to earth. But within that, that was a really important journey. I spent a few years at Senefits and I, I went through their their sales department where I was the sales development rep and one of the top ones there. And then I went to become an account executive and, and rose through those ranks. And then afterwards, I was burnt out. I was like, I just okay. did this journey. I need to take some time off. So okay. I did a six month trip around the world and um, that was amazing. And it was, it was another one of those trips where I'm just like, what's next within the, the full journey? And I, I came, moved to New York City because I was wanting to move there and went through and started doing consulting because I knew I didn't want to, I, I knew I didn't want to join another startup because um, okay. I wanted to do my own company, but I didn't know which one I wanted to do. So I, I did consulting for a few years and then I, I settled upon Stacklingo and Stacklingo is that, that next step within the journey that I'm, I'm really, really excited about. Oh, fantastic. So basically, um, um, you did consulting for many, many years, I, I think from for, for at least three years. I did, I did consulting. I, yep. I did consulting for a few years. And um, it was nice because a lot of companies wanted to replicate the the success of Zenefits. And okay. I worked with a bunch of early stage startups that were funded by Y Combinator or Andreessen yes. Horowitz. And um, and that, that was nice. That was, that was really good. But um, there's a difference with doing consulting and doing your own thing where consulting you're building towards someone else's dream. And eventually yes. you want to, you want to build to, towards your own dream. And also it's really hard to, it's not really hard, but like building, scaling a consulting agency, you're scaling with people and humans mm -hmm. versus scaling a like software product or scaling um, some type of product base where it, it's a lot more scalable or it's just like a different way to scale. And I, I wanted to do more product focused um, okay. versus human powered scale. Fantastic. Uh, is this your first product that you are building or uh, uh, I know you were involved mostly with the sales teams uh, in your career. Uh, is this the first product that you are directly involved with or uh, were there any before in, the, in your career? Yeah. So this is the first one. This is the first one. And like I mentioned, I, I've made a lot of mistakes and okay. I wouldn't call it mistakes. I, I have a lot of learnings from it, but I think that that is, that's really important. You know, if Got I it. didn't have those learnings, then I think there'd be something wrong within my journey. But I, I think that, you know, this is the first product and, um, and it's great. It's really fun building something that other people use. As like weird as that sounds, like just having people use your product and go through it and um, experience that, I think that that's like a really special feeling. Fantastic. Uh, uh, okay, so this is your first product and uh, you are directly involved with the product, but um, do you have a partner in this business or is it just you who is building this business alone? Yeah, I have a, I have a few people that are helping me within it. So I have a colleague, Tyler, that um, you know was working with me at the previous consulting agency. Okay. So uh -huh. when we started working on Stacklingo, naturally we were kind of like splitting time between both the the consulting aspect to help manage clients and then also Stacklingo. So he's been helping me, and then I've just had like a few interns that have been working with me and a few different types of developers that have been working with as well. But you are the only person who is managing all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, okay, Andrew, uh, before I jump into your day-to-day -day life, uh, just one question about your 
six month world trip did you learn anything specific after traveling to so many countries after seeing so many different kind of human beings uh, anything that you didn't know before or uh, anything that you realized about human beings uh, in general well i think that you know when traveling around the world like that you get to experience cuz i like taking a step back where i went was um i went to mexico city i went to cuba i went to japan south korea australia bali then did europe and you get to see a lot of different types of people meet a lot of different people a lot of different cultures and i think that one thing that i didn't necessarily learn but it cemented it it's like people outside of america are going through so many different types of journeys that you get stuck within your own bubble so you get stuck within the twitter bubble you get stuck within you know your immediate surroundings and i think that traveling just lets you see other types of ways of living and you start to experience what other people value in that sense too and i think that america holds a big big value on career and other countries they don't necessarily define themselves by their career and this is a an interesting thing that i remember i forgot who was mentioning it but you know during the financial crisis of 2008 2009 a lot of people lost their jobs and it felt like in some ways they they lost themselves because their job was themselves they lost their identity they lost all the different people they hung out with wow. but in other cultures it's not necessarily that way so i think that you know one of the big things that i learned was one just be grateful that you know you have these different opportunities to to travel in general like that's not everybody i remember meeting someone in cuba that you know he built a boat to come to miami and when he got to miami they like searched the boat and they found him then he they he got sent back to cuba and he like oh, wow. wanted so desperately to get to america because that was like you know the the promised land within their miami had all of these different types of allures and for me it's like wow like i am in america or like i am able to travel like i need to just be grateful about that aspect and i think that it's so easy to get caught up within your day to day and within your bubble where you think oh i need to have a company that generates x amount or like i need to you know i want to be the ceo of a big growing organization but if you take a step back you just have to be thankful for where you are right now and your your own journey and know that you're you know on like a really good path. Oh absolutely this is beautiful this is beautiful. The story about this man in Cuba uh, kind of uh, touched me because when I, I remember when I, when I was building my first company my investor told me uh, go where your customers are and we were selling in the US uh, and i was here in india time zone difference was there so many things were there and he said i'll cover all the cost just go there and i remember i applied for uh, a visa and i got rejected three times just because i was young uh, i could have found a job in the us and they didn't want uh, too many immigrants so that was funny uh, because i thought that going somewhere is just a matter of your choice but it's not really yeah. to any actor okay coming back to uh, coming back to uh, stacklingo uh, you are one person managing some interns your developers uh, other teams who are doing partnerships so what does your day look like what time do you get up what time do you go to bed uh, what do you do throughout the day yeah um so i normally wake up at 6 6:30 and then i'll i'll drink an espresso okay and you'll probably find like throughout my day i'm, I'm very regimented so i'll drink an espresso i'll get into 
to kind of like my daily morning routine. If it's warm out, I'll go to a coffee shop and um, start journaling there. Or if okay. it's cold, like right now, it's super cold. So I'll, I'll just go into my living room and I'll, I'll start journaling. And I, I journal for about 30 to 45 minutes and I'll do a freehand journal. So I'll just like write whatever my thoughts are. And then okay. I'll transfer to more like what I want my day to look like. So I'll do the, the okay. top three things. I'll list out the top three things that I want to get done today. Um, okay. So that really helps me focus. And then I'll write down 10 different ideas. And I think that that was from James Altucher that I got that where, you know, uh -huh. it just like exercises the idea muscle. So I'll write okay. down 10 different ideas, oh, well, which is wow. really great exercise. And I've been doing it for years and it's been super, super helpful. Um, after that, I'll open up my laptop and I'll start to organize my day. So I, I use Evernote and I have these different uh -huh. templates that are built out in Evernote where, okay. you know, I'll have kind of like my morning routine marked out and then I'll have different sections. So one section at the top is personal. So everything that's like, you know, if I catch up with a friend or if I'm doing coffee or if I'm doing something, you know, like maybe I'm like FaceTiming my, my family, I'll mark it down there. And then I have, then I transfer over those top three things for my journal into Evernote. So I know what to put within my calendar. Um, and then I'll just put like different tasks for, for stack lingo. Oh, so I'll do that. And then and the bro, I'll just hours, hold it over here. Is it hmm. possible for you to share the, some of those notes? Like just share, share your screen, uh, might, might make a really interesting story for the blog post. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to, I, I can share it. Yes, yes, I, to, yes. Like the template you, afterwards? Anything works. I mean, if, if you can just share it right now, we, we can take a clip out of it. That works for us. Okay, cool. Yeah. Within here. So, so this is your one typical day, like any one day. Or oh, this is... I don't... So, sorry. For some reason... Oh, never mind. Well, I don't know why it's... You're uh, all drawing. Save it. All right. So morning routine you can see within here. Okay. So wake up, review goals. I'll do meditation as well. Okay. Write okay. in journal. I have a five-year journal. And that oh, five-year wow. journal is like just a one line a day, five-year journal. I've been doing that for about six or seven years straight. Eat okay. breakfast, drink coffee, do Duolingo. You can okay. see that. <laughs> fill out what okay. I, what I want to do today below. Um, fill out everything I need to do today. And then normally around like 8 a.m. I'll do one thing for Stack Lingo, which is like the, the most important thing. So you can oh, see okay. personal within here, six things I need to do today in order of importance. Um, uh -huh. And then these are all the different types of calls that I have. Ah, very interesting. So basically you plan out your day early in the morning in the first hour and you come up with six things that you need to do, maximum six things, uh, ideally three that you need to do uh, within the day. Yep, exactly. Oh, fantastic. Never. And then there's this one last thing that you have to do with uh, for stacking go. Yep. Yeah. What so is these that? Are, so, so what, 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 what is, what does this one thing look like? Uh, is it just another little project or some task or? Uh, the, the one thing right now is building out funnels. Um, okay. So I'm really into following this guy named Russell Bronson. If you've heard okay. of him, he, uh, he's the founder of ClickFunnels. Click so funnels, yeah. he has just methodology and framework has just been crazy good to, to think through. It's a little bit markety, of course, but so I'm building out a funnel for, for Stack Lingo. And then we're going to be putting that funnel into to action probably later this week or early next week. 
but that's like a that's a big focus for me right now is uh just trying to build out better funnels oh very interesting very interesting and then uh, so basically you just list down three things that you need to do for the day but you don't put a time to it no so what i'll do is i'll put these within here and then i'll put them in my calendar uh so basically you'll just find some empty slots between your meetings and put them over there exactly uh, yep Got it. Very interesting. And all of these uh, Stacklingo calls and meetings, they're already in your calendar because they are already scheduled before. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, fant oh fantastic. Fantastic. And uh, by what time do you wrap up your day? It's funny because normally, you know, I'd wrap up my day around 5 or 6 p.m. But okay. like, and I'm sure a lot of people within your audience or even yourself can, can understand this. I feel like with everything going on with the pandemic, since you're working yep. from home and there's not really, you can't like go out, like in New York, you like, it's very social. You go out for drinks, you go out for, for dinner, like you're always mm -hmm. going out, but now you don't have that or you just work throughout the night. So I'm trying to make a much concerted effort to like say, okay, like 6 PM, I shut my laptop and like, I'll, I'll go on a walk with my, with my girlfriend or like, I'll call my friends or something like that, where like I have an endpoint. Um, but normally, you know, 6 p.m. is that that time that I look towards. Oh, fantastic. Also, Andrew, I noticed something on your Evernote note, which is turn off phone. What do you yeah. mean by this? Basically, you just uh, keep your phone turned off throughout the day? Yeah, so turn off phone. I mean, if you turn off your phone, you get so much work done. And normally, like, your phone is just a distraction tool unless you're like you're on calls constantly like if you're like a real estate agent and you're like trying to call people all the time and people need to hit you up but for some of the work i mean for most of the work that i'm doing like i need to be focused and present and not be like looking at my coinbase account every single 10 minutes to see what <laughs> what the price of bitcoin is and like i need to just like you know i can't have these different distractions and like my phone is like the big distraction tool like i don't want to get on instagram i don't want to get on twitter and when i turn off my phone like the productivity that i have is so so much different than when i have my phone constantly on and what happens to the emergency situations or if somebody wants Second. to so what happens in the emergency situations when somebody just wants to reach out to you uh what's the best way to reach out to you in case your phone is turned off yeah i think that you know like People can reach out to me over email if they really want to, but if you really <laughs> look at it, it's like, you don't have those emergency situations come up that, that often. Like I can't think of an emergency situation where like maybe like for you, if like you have like pager duty set up and like mailman is having all these different bugs and like you need to like get on it, like that's one thing, but I'm sure you'd have an email for that yeah. too. But yeah, for most part, like you're not going to have an emergency situation come up. So I think Got it. turning off the phone has a, a lot of benefits. Yeah. Uh, so basically that's the risk worth taking. I totally mm -hmm. get you. Uh, this is interesting. I actually, uh, I'm so intrigued with this turn off phone thing. Uh, I think I'm going to try it for a week and see how it goes. Uh, I don't know what will I miss, but uh, so in India, there's, uh, th so the concept of voicemails is not popular. So if you turn mm. off your phone, somebody calls, you just lose it. Like there's no message that, so let me try. Uh, I'll definitely keep you posted privately. Uh, how, how did my experience go? But uh, I'm really intrigued with this because I kind of agree with you 
the story behind mailman was the same that hey email is a distraction and i think phone is same yeah yeah i think that i think that email and phone if you can limit those especially in the early part of your day like yep. you could just like start with like the early part of your day you'll notice a significant increase in productivity and that can be the difference oh, absolutely uh, with, and that could set the pace for your day too Oh, absolutely. So maybe just try, you know, like in the morning, turn off your phone from whenever you wake up until like a few hours after that. And like after yes. that, you know, you can reward yourself and see all the different notifications and stuff. <laughs> but like it, in the beginning, it's really nice. Absolutely. I'll give it a go uh, and I'll keep you posted. Uh, okay. So Andrew, if you want, you can uh, stop sharing your screen. So now I want to know a little bit about your calendars. I mean, I saw you in a day, you do like between six to eight meetings or calls. Uh, and then between those calls, you plan your three or four productive time slots where you get the thing done. Uh, how do you really find those slots? I mean, how, how big are those slots? Are those like 30 minute, one hour, or are those like four or five hour slots where you get the productive work done? It, it really depends on the day. So I think that like one thing I'm trying to do is leave my mornings open to do the the most important stuff and then have calls in the afternoon because during the afternoon i'm more like not necessarily exhausted but like that like depletes like your willpower depletes over your day and it's just like logical um so like I'll, i'll try and like get the most important stuff and like the most like creative or like the stuff that i need to like really have a lot of my willpower and energy on in the beginning and then like when i'm kind of like zoning out i'll, I'll do the, the calls at the end got it very interesting so basically you try to uh, get all the creative stuff done so that even if um, the next second half of the day is exhausting you can still get by it yeah and also stack calls you know i think that that's okay. like a big thing too like stack your calls where like you don't necessarily want to take all of your calls at at random points like you want to have these different blocks because it's really hard, at least for me to context switch. Like I can't be like, all right, I'm product mode and like creativity mode. Like, Oh, I actually got to hop on this call. And then let me flip back into product and creativity mode. Let me like flip back into like, you know, like a call mode. So I think that that's really important too. If you, if you have the flexibility. Absolutely. Andrew, uh, since when you are using this routine of uh, maintaining a not in ever not in the early in the morning and then moving things to a calendar uh, for how many years you have been doing this? I started when I was at Zenefits. So I started about seven years ago. Um, And I will tell you that like, I was so productive when I was, I I would, I lead led trainings on how to like schedule your day when you're like a, a sales rep because a lot of people don't schedule their days. They just go through their day and don't have anything like blocked out or don't have like the big important thing is for me at least is to try and figure out the top most important things for you to do before okay. you jump into your day. And I think that a lot of people don't do that. I think that a lot of people just go through their day reactionary. And I think that mailman is a really great use case for this because you see these different emails come through and you're like, Oh, I need to work on this right now versus like being more proactive within your approach. And I think that that's like one of the, the biggest learnings and um, inflection points that I have is just like plan out your day before you start it. Fantastic. Okay. So this actually brings me to my next question, which is how do you decide what I, what is one thing? So how do you 
decide where do you want to spend your time on i mean uh, you plan out among all the dozen of things that uh, demand your attention you plan out you pick out three or four top things uh, how do you decide like these are the three things for today and rest maybe i can delegate i can defer or i can just totally forget about them so do you have a yeah. process or to identify the priorities of these items i think that that's always like a constant struggle you know it's like okay what what is worth your time to work on that's always always a constant pull and i think that like within delegation like if you find yourself doing repetitive tasks write up like a standard operating procedure like a sop and like delegate that because okay. that's not worth your time so I, I spend i try and spend more of my time on like focusing on how to build out stack lingo and like what the direction of the company where it's going and then get people to you know fulfill those different types of tasks to, to help us get there and some of the stuff i need to have my hand in but a lot of times it's, i just need to have my hand in it at first and then be able to pass it off so i think that the most important thing and this is something that i forgot who i heard this from but they're saying that like the ceo or the founder of a company or whoever is in charge needs to worry about revenue needs to worry about mm -hmm. financing so like making sure you have enough money in the bank so making sure you have money coming in making sure you have enough money in the bank and then recruiting the best people to do everything underneath so like right. i'm trying to and obviously when you're in an early stage company like myself like you're doing everything and your hair is always on fire but you know as we build this out like you i'm trying to get these people underneath so i think that like i'm very heavily invested within that and that type of mindset really helps me to figure out what are the top three things to work on each day absolutely uh so okay i kind of get it what you want uh, what you are saying so basically you try to figure out if any of these items fall into these top three things that is definitely on your plate if not like uh given in an early stage environment you try to do everything but you have to do everything i mean anyway there's a very lean team in place um, but slowly slowly the idea is to have uh, money coming in having enough money in the bank and then uh, hiring the best people that is all that these are your top priorities anything related to it makes make it makes it to the list and everything else maybe either gets uh, deferred or delegated exactly and i think that like right now and especially early on you know you're just trying to get distribution that's probably the same thing with mailman it's like yes. how do you get distribution so how do you get traffic to your website and how do you get them through a funnel so they sign up and they pay you money so i think that like right now at least that's heavily influencing all my different decisions it's like you know how do i how do i get traffic within here is it facebook ads is it doing these different types of tasks that are going to allow me to get traffic and distribution so like right now me prioritizing that like how i mentioned like building out a funnel like building out a funnel that's with the hopes of when i do or with the traffic that i have it makes yep. it more efficient so i can convert more people or i can like you know build out a better user experience so yeah i would say that like you have to have like that that north star and i think that once you have like a, a very basic type of product or you have something that you can drive people to like your biggest your biggest job is to to get traffic and to get signups got it i totally agree i totally agree with you now talking about mistakes uh you have this routine since um zenifit's time so almost seven years now have you made any improvements to this routine or this has been the constant routine and it is like perfected routine that you have right now i think that 
I, I've definitely altered it. You know, when I was at Zenefits, I was pretty extreme. So I would like wake up at okay. four in the morning, I would work okay. out, I would like try and get all these different types of things done. And I was like very, very, very disciplined about it. Um, but as I moved to New York, you're on a different time zone. You might not like for now, like I don't have like a gym to go to. And like, there's these different types of other things that, that come up. So I think that like, not necessarily that I've made mistakes, but I've just learned over time that like one, I need to be flexible Two, I need to have multiple morning routines, not okay. like too big of a variation, but it's like, you know, if I can wake up at six o'clock, this is my morning routine. If okay. I'm waking up at seven or eight, like, you know, I shouldn't be like, oh crap, like this sucks. Like I can't do this. I can't do that. It's like, no, like this is my morning routine. If I get a little bit of a late start, if I want, I'm going out with friends and like, you know, I, I have like a little bit of a late night, like this is what my morning routine looks like. So I, I think that like the mistake I've made is just being too hard on myself and not okay. allowing that flexibility. And I, I think that like uh, a mistake would be just with, when I don't do my morning routine, like that really gets me into like a bad mood and it, okay. it sets a bad pace for the rest of the day. So I think that like, it's important to have variations of different morning routines. Got it. So, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So I understand if you do your morning routine, then you have a good day. Otherwise it's a difficult day. I think so. I think it sets a good pace yeah. for the day. You know, like yeah. I think that like it allows you that clear thinking and that like type of good start to it. Not, not necessarily to say that, you know, like things won't go wrong because things always go wrong and you're, there's always like something that like, you know, you're, you're trying to yeah. put out. But I, I think that like when you when you have a really good first, like let's say like 60 or 90 minutes of your day, yep. it allows you, it, it just provides a better foundation versus if you wake up late and you're like, oh crap, now I have to like jump directly into yeah. my day and I don't yep. necessarily know, yep. like I, I got my first meeting <laughs> in 10 minutes, like that for me at least stresses me out. Oh, I, I don't, I, I get it because that day is basically reactive. Now you are reacting to your calendar instead of controlling your calendar the first thing in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Andrew. Okay. So we are towards the end of our conversation and uh, this is the magic time where I, where I ask this magical question. If just by sheer magic, if you found one additional hour in your day, every day for the rest of your life, how would you spend it? It's a really good question. I think that for me, I would spend it with my, my family and friends only in the sense of like, you realize just going through this like journey that you really, really need a good support system. And yes. that support system for me comes in the form of family and friends. So I think that building better relationships with them mm -hmm. is extremely high on my list. So like if it's a, a FaceTime call with, uh, my sister or, you know, like a dinner day with my girlfriend, like whatever it might be, like having that hour back in the day to do that, where I can have some undivided attention for them, I think just pays off in so many different ways versus like, if I like work another hour, or if I, you know, like, maybe like also like reading would be a, a great one too. Like I, I've started reading a lot more and like, it's just crazy the amount of just like the the benefits that you get out of reading. So I think that, you know, either, either of those two, it's like reading a really good book or spending an hour undivided attention with family and friends. Like that's high, high on my priority list. Oh, beautiful.
Well, beautiful. Because how I heard you was that either you spend time with your friends and family or probably by yourself, just uh, improving relationships with yourself. That's beautiful, Andrew. Andrew, okay. If anybody who is reading the blog post or uh, listening to this podcast wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to know more about your so more about Stacklingo? If they want to follow along your journey, what's the best way to in to get in touch with you? Uh, any social media or maybe website or email? I think Twitter is the best way. Um, oh, so I, Twitter would be the best way. My Twitter handle is at Andrew B Case. So yeah, can you spell it out? Yeah. Uh, it's A-N-D-R-E-W-B and then C-A-S-E. I believe that's it to, to double yes. check, but I'm oh, yes. positive that is. Um, but I, I can uh, I can send it over after, but I think that that would be the, that would be the no, best no. way. I got it and I'll put the link to it uh, in the blog post as well as in the show notes of the podcast episode uh, so that people do not have to type everything out. They can just click and uh, reach out to you. Cool. Andrew, Thank you so much for taking out time and talking to me. Uh, I really enjoyed your uh, day routine, which starts with a morning routine. And not just one morning routine, you have a multiple versions of morning routines based on what, uh, what if, if there's something else uh, that, that is happening in the morning. I'm going to try out turning off your phone for first four, three, four hours in the morning. I'll get back to you with some findings. And probably if something is interesting, I'll just also make a follow-up episode to this and I'll just share my findings with that. Love that. Thank you so much, Andrew, for taking out time. Really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much.